0: Welcome to Episode 4 of Fireway Podcast, an unfiltered conversation between fans. I'm Griselle. and I'm Yvonne and we're two friends discussing
1: our favorite artists, fandom and music trends. Today we'll be talking all about Picture This. We'll be talking about their albums, their standalone singles and the tour. I first came to hear about Picture This through Niall Horan, I believe, in 2017, because uh, he had posted this playlist that he made on Spotify of like all his favorite songs at the moment, and Take My Hand was on there, and I, I love love songs that are cheesy and romantic, and that's what it was, and so I, that's how I fell down the rabbit hole, and I listened to their album, and so when they announced that they were going on tour for their second album before it had come out, I just bit the bullet and I bought tickets for Grizel, and shout out to Grizel for trusting my music taste to go
0: to this concert without having ever heard any of their songs. Always. So you bought the tickets. I said, cool, I'm down. You made me a playlist of the Picture This set list around March, I think, and you Mm -hmm. shared it. So it had, I want to say it had almost the entirety of Modern Love Mm -hmm. and then it had some songs from the first self-titled album. So I listened to that playlist on repeat from march to may and i absolutely fell in love with them and then going to the show i think just cemented that even more like
1: i think their set list was so well balanced in terms of their first songs from their first album songs from their second album but also in like the tempo and the way they ordered mm-hmm. everything like i think it was such a great introduction into what the band is all about what their music is all about
0: so we're going to talk about both of their albums and their singles as well uh just starting with their self-titled album so the album picture this by the band picture this <laughs> came out in 2017 we're just gonna kind of breeze through some of our favorite tracks from that album the first song of course take my hand you know yvonne like you mentioned earlier this is a so- the first song that you heard right
1: <laughs> It is such an innocent song. It's like that first love, friends to lover kind of music. It's kind of one of those, I don't know if I would connect it to like maybe like an Ed Sheeran song off of Plus. But just has that like young love just like before the drama vibes. Like I guess first love is the good, the best way to describe it. But I just loved it. I loved Ryan's voice in it. I don't know what it is specifically that made me like look into the music. Because every time someone recommends music, I listen to it. But I don't really take it upon myself to go check out their their discography um i don't really know what it is but i just i love their first album so much the sense of like it's so cohesive like all the songs kind of sound the same to me but in the best way like every single song flows into each other so nicely conceptually everything is there it's such a like well-rounded album to me especially for a debut album, like, 10 out of 10.
0: I think this song was a perfect song to start the album with because it does feel like a representation of what that album has to offer. And like you were saying, I do agree that it kind of has that puppy love and, like, this pure and innocent feel to it. I also do like, in that same sense, most of the songs on this album, I can totally picture in, like, a coming-of-age movie. They have such a movie soundtrack feel to it, Mm -hmm. especially this song. Like, this song really does make me want to like run through my small town like a flower field yes yes run through like a flower field because i'm trying to get to prom or something i don't know like it just it has such a movie feel to it but that's definitely one of the uh standout favorites i think another standout for me on this album is you and i Mm -hmm. and again same thing makes me want to run through a field (laughs) makes me want to Run Through My Small Town, um, I'm not sure if this reference will make sense for most people, but for me it kind of feels like Never Shout Never's Big City Dreams. <laughs> Again, I don't think that that reference will land for for a lot of people, but if, you know, if you were an emo on Myspace and like that type of music, it's all about wanting to get out of your small town, and you and I has that same feel, but just within a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. I also do like, and Take My Hand also has this, but the drums. Like, the drums just create so much urgency and makes you just want to jump around. And that's what I absolutely love about this song
1: jimmy on the drums just dries every single song like you don't think it gets better and he comes in and it's just beyond elevated yes i don't know what it is about this song you and i is a great song but it's not even like my top three picture this song so i don't know what it is but every time i listen to it it transports me to the exact moment that we saw them live every time it comes on and like that first two line comes in i can still picture like ryan kind of leaning over into the crowd as he sings in that's like when the crowd I think that was like the beginning was when the crowd knew the lyrics, yeah, Um, and that's when we all started screaming it. And I just get like the—it's not even just like a memory, but it's like the most vivid like rush of emotions. And I can picture it. It's like one of the only songs that I can so so heavily transported by. Like every other song, I can say, yeah, it reminds me of this feeling of being in a crowd, but this song—it is the exact moment.
0: I would say another standout song is "Everything I Need." We've already mentioned jimmy on the drums but this is again just such a good example i kind of imagine this song as a festival song i mean we're two fans from america they're really big in ireland and if i understand correctly europe as well so we've only seen them in a small venue but i could imagine this song just at a really big music festival in the summer and just everybody jumping to that chorus. It really paints a really nice picture. But another thing I like about this song, at least theme-wise, again with it being like that puppy and innocent love, like this song really does feel like that honeymoon phase, where all you can think about is just that relationship, the love that you're both feeling and experiencing. Like it's very all-consuming really.
1: All-consuming, that's such a good word. I just, I love the concept of puppy love in general, but I I love it and I love just in terms of the way that they perform it so I totally agree with it being a festival song but I love that they had the lines it's okay if you want to scream and shout and then it goes straight into this like big belter chorus Yeah. and so when we see it live he like sings it's okay if you want to scream and shout and like literally that's when everyone just gets so into it and I think like the fact that that's the lead up kind of makes it even more intense like it makes us want to be even louder versus like you know a normal song where you sing along to the chorus yeah Uh, yeah I just I think this lead up really kind of forces all of us to get on our toes a little bit more.
0: The fourth standout song we'll talk about from this album is Jane. It's Grizel's song. Look, real talk. I legit messaged like the six or seven most important people in my life <laughs> about two months ago. <laughs> I sent them the Spotify link to the song and I told them if I ever am in a relationship in the future and they're gonna propose to me, it needs to be to this song. Like this song needs to play in the background
1: I mean he literally says you make me feel like love is real is that not the (sighs) most romantic song like I don't even but just in the similar baseline of why we love fire away so much like it's literally all you want someone to say to you at you know can he get more romantic than that or like can the lyrics get more romantic than
0: that this this song really does make me want to scream like I am yearning for someone it's, and that never happens. It is. Uh, this song is just so beautiful. Um,
1: And then, I guess, following the theme of this whole album being where every single song could be on a coming-of-age movie... Let's Be Young is the song that plays in the climax. It's it's that song where... And I know this doesn't happen in Lady Bird, so I don't know why I picture Sir Ronan. But I'm picturing Sir Ronan at a prom with all her friends. And yes, she has a date, but he is not the focal point. Like It's her having fun with all of her
0: friends. It's the love song to my friends. Either that or... I think another scene that I could, that mm-hmm. I could see with this song would be those teenagers that are falling in love and like, they're not like the normal kids. <laughs> so they're going to get dressed up for prom, but ditch it and go somewhere else. Oh, yes. With like the converse and the puffy yeah. prom dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of how I see this one, this one playing out. But again, this one just has like those small town vibes or mm-hmm. just being back in high school or being so young and wanting to experience something new and experience the world and knowing that your surroundings are so limited and that you know that there's more out there and you're kind of on the edge of the world type of feeling
1: oh yeah i mean their first album is incredible and i love every single song on it but i think the last like really standout song to me is this christmas but specifically the orchestral version i think it is so beautiful um and i just love In the sense that this whole album is about young love and puppy love, I feel like this Christmas is the grown-up moment. It's, you know, it's the small-town girl going off to college in the city moment, where she, like, leaves everything on good terms.
0: I do think it's a perfect album closer. Feels, out of all the songs on the album, this feels like the one song where the character or the person in the song actually grows up and starts realizing that we're coming to a natural end Mm -hmm. the good part of it or the nice part of it is that it there's so much acceptance around it because it feels like the end of an era Uh, so between the self-titled
1: album and their second album so if you ever watch a picture of this interview or just if you're in the mood for a really good interview that goes into the process of making music i highly recommend watching the picture this track by track but in that video ryan talks about how there is a second picture this album that was scrapped in between the time between self-titled and modern love oh and i think the two songs that they released in the interim was the perfect way to connect their the sound from their first album to the new direction that they were taking the band in especially because in between that time owen and cliff joined the band and so Mm. it kind of just felt like a natural like and like yes this is us in high school modern love is us in college type of feel and i think just the songs that they released really helped make the jump feel natural uh so the first song that they released in that time is this morning and i love this morning so much it's it's so like self-reflective i guess and just like some standout lines where similar to how Niall horn writes songs that where he just interjects so much emotion to one or two lines in the song In this morning, like, do you love me or do you just hate being alone? And does it hurt you hearing me be so cold? What
0: I really like about this song, especially in terms of what you were saying of this song being one of the bridges between the first album to the second album, is... I feel like this is the song where you finally hear that person or that character in the in the music grow up in the first album, and I could be wrong, but in the first album, I feel like we're talking about these idealistic versions of what love and relationships are like, and none of it seems really really critical most of it is just like happy-go-lucky and we're living the best of our lives and everything is perfect and it's so much fun whereas this morning is I think one of the first times where it feels like you're really hearing them talk about a relationship that's going sour and also something and really big galaxy brain moment for us (laughs) but something that we realized was that with it being one of the first songs where the character looks inward to talk about it you even see the progression within the song too in the first verse he's talking about a girl and he's kind of blaming what went wrong on her you go into the chorus but then in the second verse he reflects inward and talks about how he messed up and how he is also one of the reasons why the relationship went wrong so it's just really cool to see that You go from the first album where all the songs are happy-go-lucky, all the songs are just, you know, really on a high, kind of that honeymoon phase, and then this one, things finally start to go sour, but not only are they going sour, but also that person is taking a look inside to see what they're doing wrong versus just blaming the other person.
1: And in the sense of this morning being that pivotal turning point where we see, I guess, this character grow up, I think when we were young is the sonic equivalent where we hear their music go from you know very guitar poppy irish pop music into this big pop band where they become this big pop band with the production and the vocals and all the different instruments that they start to add in and it sonically sounds like they grew up as well and it kind of makes me wonder like did they release these songs on purpose like in this order on purpose where was this a planned move where you release Picture this, the self titled album, and it's this young love coming of age album where you have where you close the album with this Christmas, which is the end of an era, and then you move on to this morning and it's the lyrical growing up phase, and when we were young, the musical growing up phase, and it all just transitions so well into modern love and i just want to know what the strategies and the thought was behind this like was this intentionally planned out especially because they had written this whole second album already
0: obviously we don't know them in real life but just from Listening to some of their interviews where they're talking about their music. I do get the feeling that Ryan and Jimmy are very intentional with the decisions that they make. Either songwriting or just production wise. So I do think that when we were young, that's when you kind of start seeing more of that kick in with production with self-titled. To me, I always think of folk pop because it has like that acoustic guitar and that sing-along feel. Whereas this one, you start hearing... Just, I think, more layers within the production of the song. So I love the background noises and like little huzz that they <laughs> add to this. I think they're just like nice little spicy touches. So yeah, overall, I really like this song. But I mean, after when we were young, that's when we finally got Modern Love in February, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And I just want to preface that this is my favorite album, kind of of all time. It's one of my no skip albums. So I may be a little biased. (laughs) But I just think Modern Love, the song, as an opener, is so good. Like it is such a big change. Like even with when we were young coming out and showing that they're starting to add more productions and more layers, Modern Love being the next song is the biggest jump, but somehow it just felt so natural. Grisel and I love the Bridge and songs. I think that is a very known point if you listen to our first episode. But nothing is better than being in the concert and he's, you know, building up to this bridge and that last, this is modern love. Every time he sings it, I can picture, you know, our show where he he likes to stand. and He, like, points when he says, this is modern yeah. love. And I can picture it every single time. Like, it is such a fun song to scream along to in the crowd. And it's such, like, a vibey song. Like, I put this on when I'm pre-gaming. I put this on when I'm putting on my makeup. I put this on when I want to be in a good mood. It's just, just such
0: a good pick-me-up. It is. And this song ha- actually has such a special place in my heart because it was the first song that I really listened to and got into from the band so you know Yvonne you had made that playlist for me I can still remember this was the first song on that playlist and I would have it as background music just going until I could finally get into it but I don't know if any of you have ever had that moment where you're listening to a playlist or you're listening to a band's music for the first time and there's always that one song that takes you from being a passive listener of it just being in the background and into now an active listener where you're like wait a minute what are these lyrics what's going on here like the 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 beat of it starts sounding familiar with each play so yeah this this song was the first song that really it was like my gateway song into picture this the next song on this album is if you want to be loved for me this one is such a screamer like this is well, most of these songs are but this mm-hmm. one is a standout for me of you know i want a finger point especially to the pre-chorus i love the the breakdown for that pre-chorus because it really just gets you super hyped for what's about to come
1: i love that this is the song that they wrote literally on the last day of their second album they had submitted it to be you know produced i guess um and they had just written barely finished this song and was like hey you want to hear this new song I just wrote, and everyone went, you need to play, you need to write to that sound, and I love, 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 I'm so glad that they took the jump, because Modern Love, Emma sounds so cheesy, but it's such a unique album, I can't pinpoint any album that I listen to that would sound similar, or have the same vibes, like musically or lyrically and I and I think we talk about this a lot but I think with bands you can kind of have a band without some of the members you know when Zane left and they were fine for a made in the AM I really don't think you would have pictured this without Jimmy or without Ryan like they are just the 50-50 It's one of those only bands where you could tell that they're both integral to the band. And I think their music is so balanced. Like Ryan's uh, songwriting reminds me a lot of Dermot Kennedy in the sense that it's very poetic. And if without the music, you can read it like standalone poetry. But what really drives their music is the production. It's Jimmy. It's the drums. It's how he layers everything. Like, you really can't have picture this without one or the
0: other. After, after watching some of these interviews and, you know, even in reference to some of the choices that they made in If You Want to Be Loved, like, man, Jimmy knows his shit. I think the biggest difference is that you don't see a lot of bands like that, where the band members themselves really take ownership of just producing it too. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you get songwriters, they, they write their own you know, different bands will write, you know, this guitar part, that drum part, they'll all write their own things. But, you know, Jimmy's not only a musician, but he's a producer too. So there's just so much ownership from beginning to end with songwriting to production. They're just so in control mm-hmm. of of what's going on, which I really appreciate. And I think you also see that in the next song, which is "Wondering."
1: "Wondering" is such a fun song live. Like, I think like we talked about the production is just so cool. And out of all the songs on this album i think this production is so out of the norm for picture this it's just so elevated i love when artists change little parts of the lyrics and it's like minuscule words but kind of changes the intention or whatever and i love how it he goes from like one drink to get over you and then it goes one drink two hearts three words i'm in love like i just love that callback
0: i also like just how many things are going on in the background there are just so many small little accents within this song so you actually hear a drink pouring in the background (laughs) And it's so funny because I just imagine them as like Foley artists in this moment of trying to get, you know, the Coke or the Sprite into the cup. It's <laughs> genius. Yeah. And there's even, they use this a couple times and I'll mention it in some of the other songs, but there's this little noise that they use. And again, we're not music theory people, so <laughs> I am so sorry. But There's this little noise or accent that they include often it kind of sounds like tapping like a fork inside of a, a a glass a glass cup it's just uh i love that little noise i'll yeah. pinpoint it out but that and then plus the drums in the song too are just really exciting and and upbeat
1: It just really shows how, like you said, how intentional they are with every single part of their music.
0: And I even think in that in that track by track interview, they talked about how One Drink is one of their most layered songs, right? Mm -hmm. And I think in the album in general, because there's like
1: doors slamming and toy pianos in the background of some of the songs. And I just I love that it's really just kind of makes it theirs in a way and it's not able to be replicated. It's not you can't attribute all of that to a producer. I feel like it really is a product of Picture This, of Ryan and Jimmy themselves.
0: Yeah, which is really special. Mm-hmm. And their next song is... This is one of the top three songs on the album, and I'll live and die by that statement, because Nevada is such a jam. It's a screamer. That chorus? Oh my god. You have to scream it. There's no other way to listen to the song. You know how there are certain songs that are so intense that you kind of feel... You, you feel the adrenaline like rushing yes. through your veins when you sing along. They do it so well. That is how this song makes me feel. Like, I legit feel like I'm on a high. <laughs> yeah. When I listen to this song.
1: And I guess this goes a little more into how we talked about the first album and the second album being young love versus a more adult love. And I feel like Nevada shows them the nuances and relationships. And Nevada to me is that talking stage. It's the will they or won't they stage. Yeah. Like, and we're
0: long distance. Will it work out? Yeah. And it's. I
1: mean, the lyrics. You're somewhere sitting at a bar explaining how you really feel to strangers who don't know who you are when you should be saying that to me. Like, I think that's such a visceral statement, and it, once again, just goes back to Ryan being able to be such an amazing storyteller in all of his lyrics. But on a side note, I hate voicemails or voice notes or spoken interludes in songs. I hate it. I hate it in Harry Styles' Cherry. I hate it in James Bay' Slide. Taylor Swift Daylight. I just hate it. I don't understand the point of it. Julia Michael's pink. I just hate it. There's no point to it. It's so disruptive. But for some reason, I love the voice note in Nevada. And maybe it's because we like get real corny and we like kinda make fun of it. But yeah. it doesn't bother me. But not to the point where in this song I will go all the way through. Like I love this song so much. And I think it really does add on to like that desperation of it being a long distance song and where they're communicating in voice notes.
0: I usually don't mind voice notes, but I I can relate to what you're saying and I think the reason why it works so well for this song is because it actually makes sense in the context of the song. Yeah. You know, even with some of the examples that you just mentioned, those voice notes kind of felt like they were added in as like a quote unquote stylistic choice. Yeah. Where like, "Oh, this will sound cool. Let me just add it in there." Whereas sense. with this one, like you said, it It adds to the story. The story is about a long distance relationship. Mm -hmm. When you're long distance, you're going to be talking on the phone. So it makes sense to have that voice note, voice note there versus it just being something that you add in for the hell of it. Yeah. But the next song on the album is Dance Away With You. We're all about friendship songs. Like, obviously we still appreciate and can enjoy songs that are about romantic relationships, which is almost their entire discography. So we, we, we totally love that. But there's just such a special place for songs that highlight friendships and and some of that fun that you don't really get with songs about romantic relationships. Yeah, like so, romanticize your friendships. Please. Like, we need to... Your friends are important. We need, we need to start romanticizing our friendships more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song is kind
1: of in the how much we love Niles on my own. I love Dance Away With You for this reason. I love Let's Be Young for this reason because it just romanticizes the people in your life. And it's not about a specific partner and it can be but the lyrics just make me feel really I guess reflective of the people I have in my life and I guess this could be said for the album as a whole like Modern Love the album makes me want to live out my 20s too but the first album is that high school leaving town and Modern Love is your late 20s in the city with your best girlfriends and you have you know a stable job and a steady income so you can do whatever you want and it's just that carefree it's those moments you're gonna look back on when you're older. And I think what I love the most about Picture This is some artists are really good at music and some are really good at lyrics. Like, you know, Niall's really good at music. Ed Sheeran's really good at lyrics. But I think Picture This are so well balanced that they're really good at creating this feeling
0: for every single Mm. song. Like This is going to be so cheesy, but even the fact that as we're talking about all of these different songs, we have such... Pun intended, we have such a specific picture in mind to each song, I Mm -hmm. think, is such a perfect example of that. Of Each song that you listen to paints this picture and it takes you to that moment. Well, we had fun with Dance Away With You and romanticizing our friendships. But of course, let's bring it back to the romantic relationships. The next song on the album is Someone to Hold. And this one, I think, lyrically is pretty gut-wrenching. I'll have to be honest, this is an unpopular opinion. It's kind of a skip for me. It just depends on my mood. I mean, it's not necessarily something that if I'm working, or if I'm driving, or if I'm getting ready, I won't necessarily listen to this. But for me, it's a performance song. Like when I'm showering, and I'm performing in the restroom, like I am singing this song out with my whole heart. It's uh, very much a sing it into your your hairbrush type of song for me.
1: Yeah. And like how... Niall and Marin Morris's duet, how it goes Niall Marin chorus, which is so unlike the traditional duets. They do the same here, and I love that style choice of having Ryan sing, Chloe sing, and then their chorus because their voices blend together so beautifully. I mean, the song itself is just so beautiful. Like, the lyrics, like Grizel said, is so heart wrenching, and when he sings, And do you feel lost? Cause darling, I feel alone. Like, ouch, he has the ability to kind of inject so much emotion into one line that every time I hear the song, it, that's
0: the line that stands out to me the most. Now, the next song on the album is Magnet and... Again, I am so sorry, but this song is actually kind of another skip for me. Again, it's not that I think it's a bad song, but for me, it just depends on my mood. I have to be in a very specific mood to want to listen to the song. Generally, I do skip it because it's very slow tempo. But I do think that the bridge here for this song is really cool. And it also makes me laugh because, of course, we don't know them in real life. We don't (laughs) actually know who they are as people. But if these songs are any indication of who they are ryan is a simp he is like the biggest simp
1: <laughs> no i agree with you um and this song isn't my favorite song either but if it comes on when i'm listening to the album i'm not gonna skip it like i think it makes sense in the orders and i think it makes sense on the album so it doesn't really bug me as much but and this is such a nitty-gritty thing that bothers me but the line you're a magnet to me I hate the way it's written, and it kind of implies a different thing versus the line should have been,
0: you're a magnet for me. Scientifically (laughs) speaking, if he's saying that he is drawn to her, he is drawn to her. Not the other way around. Not the other way around. That would make her a magnet, and that he's being drawn to to her, her, not to him. Exactly. So it should be, yeah, it should be, you're a magnet for me, because I am drawn to you.
1: Yeah. And it's, like, such a little thing, but it bugs me every time I hear the song. And that's the only reason why I ever skip the song.
0: (laughs) The eighth song on the album is Hurt Nobody. I would say this is another song where we really get to see Jimmy and his element because there's so many cool layers and, like, background noises or accents that really stand out to me. That little fork in the glass or Mm -hmm. tapping the glass. The sound of the phone locking. Yeah, the sound of the phone locking. I'm not an actual musician, so I couldn't... (laughs) properly describe it to you but i think especially in the second verse is where you start hearing a lot of a lot of those cool background noises mm-hmm. so i just think it really stands out to me
1: yeah and i think the melody is fun it's a good sing-along song
0: for the chorus definitely but... and they also layer the vocals really really well yeah especially i i think about when i think about the song i think of that ending part the all again all again all again yeah which and is really fun jimmy really carries everything He does, and he also does that on the next song, Life of the Party, where the guitar is super intense. And I think this is one of the songs on the album that would really make you classify it as a pop rock album. This -hmm. is where you kind of hear more of those rock influences. Again, with the background noises, I love the huhs on this song, the huh. I personally really get into those moments, but just thematically speaking... This song is low-key kind of relatable.
1: Ryan is just so good at lyrics, and I don't know how he pinpointed my exact feelings so much, but that feeling of not wanting to open up not sharing my feelings even with the people closest to me because I'm gonna get hurt so I'd rather you know be wasted barely like recognized faces like I think Ryan is very on the nose with his lyrics
0: I always give this disclaimer because I do recognize that distinction between a fan and an artist and an artist even though they're celebrities they're different people and we don't actually know them I totally understand that but his lyrics are just so personal and I feel like you don't really get that from a lot of artists in the sense where, like you said, he's talking about very specific moments and very specific emotions. Whereas with most songs that we get nowadays, I think they're just very vague and very, Mm -hmm. maybe not vague, but too broad. Whereas he gets into those like nitty gritty moments within relationships and just life in general. Although I do love how personal he gets. Sometimes It really screams through because in Broken, the next song on the album, he does come off as a little bit whiny. (laughs) I mean, he compared himself to a phone and I talk about Ryan's
1: songwriting abilities a lot. I think he is an incredible writer, but of all things, a phone, enter in the pin and take control. I'm not vibing with that one. I'm sorry. That
0: metaphor is just a little, a little too funny. It's a little too specific for me. But besides the lyrical content, Jimmy does put that shit down because there's a lot of cool sounds on this song that I I do appreciate. However, overall, I would say it's a little bit of a skip for me, too.
1: Yeah. I only really like screaming out the chorus.
0: Yeah. I mean, he
1: like really goes from one whiny song to the next. I love more than just tonight, but I don't know. The chorus just gives me the vibes of this is a hookup, but now I want more. I know that's not the intention and the lyrics themselves don't point to that. But the chorus as a standalone piece just gives me that like
0: I want to be more than friends. I don't want to be a hookup anymore. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I think I'm gonna ruin this song for both of us, but oh God, do you think he kind of sounds like a nice guy?
1: Oh my God yes, I'm I mean, so I still sorry. I
0: still go off to the song, but you know, yeah, I always love the song. the song goes hard. yeah oh, live the this song goes hard,
1: oh. yeah, and it's just the chorus. the rest of the lyrics and the rest of the verses don't sound like that. I don't know why the chorus bugs me so much,
0: but again, I think we're just being picky. Yeah, a little bit i think but i
1: just as referencing our last episode i think i just have very high expectations for them and high standards because i know they can meet it
0: <laughs> i know it gets to the point where you're like wait but i want you to write about stuff that i like yeah <laughs> yeah although i would say that the last song on the album kind of makes up for all of this so good everything or nothing is again top three
1: it's so good. It's like one of those songs where the music and the lyrics are just equally
0: incredible. For me, this song, this song just does it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if any of you and I'm not even necessarily saying in concert or live, but I don't know if I, if you've ever had that moment where you're just listening to a song and you feel your adrenaline spike up and you literally feel it like running through your veins like through your blood. Like I just this song makes me feel like I'm on an emotional high.
1: Yeah. We gotta talk about the lyrics. I love how when he says, Did I really love you or just the image in my head and the one the one that I painted of you, I'm gonna love you till I'm dead. And I kind of interpret that as I'm gonna love that image of you until I'm dead. And he like goes something about just loving this person so permanently. Something about
0: that really gets me going.
1: Like, I want you to love me till you fucking
0: die. Well, also I like that this song kind of feels like you know that a relationship is ending badly Mm -hmm. but you're still gonna in a bad way you're gonna romanticize it but in a good way you're gonna honor the good times that you had when you were there because I think again we're getting a little therapy here but (laughs) I think so many times when things end badly we tend to just want to throw the whole experience away Mm -hmm. without honoring that there were moments in there where you you did want to feel that you were feeling good like you did want to be in that situation at one point in time. Mm -hmm. but you know my favorite
1: part about this song is is that line in the chorus where he goes is that what you want to hear and then jimmy comes in with the (gasps) drum oh my god it's such a big moment yeah that's like the part of the song that gives me like the adrenaline it's like i want a finger point when he goes is that what you want to hear and then jimmy comes in and then you i like it's not a headbanging song but i know my body just starts flopping
0: (laughs) it's a jumper it's a screamer it's all of the emotions and all of the physical reactions, but that essentially are all the songs on Modern Love. We did want to talk about some of the singles that have also come out post-Modern Love up until this moment. So the first one that we wanted to talk about was Troublemaker. So Troublemaker I thought was really cute. I do think it felt like a bit of a departure for Modern Love because again, you know, we're talking about self-titled being innocent puppy love being youthful, modern love being, I think, a wider range of, of relationships, right? So that's so many relationships from different points of your 20s, maybe, or like your late teens. Most of these new singles that have come out, I think, are just from happy times in a relationship versus different ones. This song is really cute and flirty. So I would say that it kind of gives me like DNCE, Kick by the Ocean, or like Jonas Brothers, Happiness Begins.
1: I love that you said that because they- Debuted this song on the Jonas Brothers tour when they opened it for them. Oh shit, did you know that? It just makes a lot of sense now that I I think about it. I can see Joe Jonas kind of like grooving along to it. Like it really does sound like a DNCE song. You know, I never made that connection, but now that you say it, it makes a lot of sense. And it just seems like a song that would be so much fun live with like the snapping and the verses and the ad libs and the hey and the no way. Um,
0: Yeah, but the next single that they had after that one, I think just leans more into that really happy, pop, kind of funky vibes. Mm-hmm. Winona Rider I think, was really cute. Honestly, with this song, I'm just kind of here for, like, the vibes and the aesthetic of it all. So far, because they are singles, I don't have any really big emotional attachments to these. But, you know, not everything needs to be so damn yeah. serious all the time, so. It's a fun I think, song. yeah, I think it's a cute, fun single.
1: It's definitely a main character song for sure. Like, if I, if we were going out and we were pregaming and I was playing, like, pop music to pregame with, this is definitely gonna be on it. I just think it's so funny that Ryan Hennessy slipped in Winona Ryder's movie titles into the lyrics. Like, I think it's just a cute, like, gotcha.
0: Little oh, I didn't even notice that.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice that either until he said it in, like, an Instagram video or something like that. And I was like, huh. Like, it made so much sense in the context of the song that I didn't notice it.
0: Okay, now, Unconditional, I would say personally, the uh, one of their other singles that they've released, I do hope this is where they're going to head towards for... Picture this album number three. It does feel like a more natural step after Modern Love, so it kind of has some of the same sensibilities, but still feels really fresh and new. Something that I also noticed, and again, I hope that they are trying out new things and venturing out and seeing what works for them. I noticed that the the chorus doesn't pick up till the end, and I really do love that choice. I love when songs do that because it just they've proven with some of the other songs that we talked about earlier, they've proven that they can create a sense of urgency so well within their music. And I think building up the chorus until the last moment is such a good vehicle to do that. So I, I I like what they're doing with this one.
1: I like the way he creates a rhythm with the way that he enunciates his words. So like, we don't know where we're going, but you're glowing with my t-shirt on. And under skin, under dress, under covers. We bring out the best in each other. Two lovers finding our way. I like that it's not like a very set, like, beat he plays with that with his lyrics and i kind of wish that that's the direction they go into because it's it's just such a like minuscule choice like it's such a little mm-hmm. difference like a little tweak that you don't really notice it but it's definitely one of the things that like will make me go from like you said passive listening to active listening when i hear that like unbalanced uh, but in terms of ryan Hennessy being a fantastic songwriter and the words that he chooses the new- their newest song things are different It is so on the nose and i think that's why i I feel like it's a little bit too early to release this song because it's very accurate in terms of the experience of being in quarantine while it is a hopeful song and i know it's going to be so good live once we're all out of this and we're back to live music it's going to be such a good performance i think at the time it's a little early and so it kind of feels like we're celebrating a little bit too early so it feels a little bit wrong when i'm listening to it but he encapsulates this experience and this moment in time and our feelings in quarantine so well
0: yeah i agree when i first listened to it i i will admit that i felt a little adverse to it i was kind of because it did feel really on the nose and for me personally like quarantine has still been a pretty hard situation so to have a song that is so hopeful and almost celebratory It just felt like a little too soon. (laughs) I do think this song is a grower and the more that I listen to it, the more that I'm liking it. I especially love the post-chorus. Specifically, that post-chorus is going to go hard when they play this live. It's going to be so good. But I also noticed that they did the same thing with that they did in unconditional with picking up the chorus till the very end. They also did that now for Things Are Different. Overall, I think I'm just really excited for the next era. Picture mm-hmm. this with album
1: number three. I think we're just really excited to hear how these new songs sound live, because when we saw them at the Troubadour a couple of years ago, it is genuinely my favorite concert I've ever been to. Like even their slow songs were incredible live. And Griselle and I aren't big ballad people. Like mm. we, I like I like a good upbeat song. I like to jump around. And even their ballads, they did they perform it so well that I just know that these new songs are going to be absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm.
0: That show, I don't think I've ever experienced something similar to that show. I really do think I blacked out.
1: I've never, like, emotionally blacked out before. I Yeah, we both had one drink, and I just had straight-up tunnel vision. Like, I cannot tell you what was going on. I can't tell you
0: who we were around. Like, we already love the Troubadours of venue so much. Mm-hmm. So to get to see them in that venue, I think, was just amazing within itself the troubadour is such a great venue though like just in general historically it's incredible but we've had our best experiences there we really have and and picture this just played that night so well and i think what made the show even better was just the crowd too right you can't have a good show without the crowd being a major part of it Mm -hmm. and for this show we were standing kind of closer to the back I know there were so many moments. I think vividly remember there being what I think was an older couple next to us. But they just kind of kept chuckling at us because whenever a song would start, we would turn to, to each other and go, oh, I love this song! And then we would we just, just had, start.
1: <laughs> we had so much fun. Like it truly was one of the only shows I've ever been to where I just did not care what I looked like. I was just there for the music. I had such a good time. I, fun fact about me, I can't keep a beat. It's very sad. I really cannot keep a beat. And so when I go to concerts and stuff, that kind of holds me back a little bit in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not usually a big dancer. I don't really clap along or do anything like that because I know I can't keep a beat. And that's fucking embarrassing. But at this show, I just... Did not care like I just had so much fun I remember us just dancing our hearts out in the back because we had space it's one of those shows where if you listen to our uh, not horn episode you know that we had um nosebleeds essentially for not horn and we had seen him so many times but we still felt the need to go to the front but I just did not feel the need to be closer at all like I was fine where it was I didn't really care that I like can't touch his hand or I can't you know See him up close. It like it wasn't a big deal. I just really enjoyed the music.
0: Yeah, and I will say, mm-hmm. I will say that I think Ryan didn't, as just a front man and a singer. I don't think he did all that much to engage the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, he was very into the performance. He was dancing. His vocals were on point. He was so good. Yeah, the entire band was playing so well. Jamie was playing his heart out back oh there. He, gosh, was he was incredible that he night. Was. He was hitting those drums, so it was really good. But I do think that Ryan didn't really do a lot to engage the crowd because I don't really remember him talking to the crowd that much and personally especially when it's a very small venue like that i do like there being some type of like banter with the crowd or and i'm not even saying like i hate the cheesy ones i hate when they're like You know, let me hear you make some noise. Um, You're like Like, this side, yeah, like this side of the crowd. Put your hands up. This like I don't like those, but if it's a small venue, I do want to hear like preface the next song that you're gonna sing with. We wrote the song, you know, here in LA because they have written some songs or recorded here, you know, in LA. So I was expecting to kind of hear just more of him like Mm. more of him engaging the crowd talking providing some background on songs and he really didn't do a lot of that it was just here's the next song (laughs) here's the next song and he would play and i think that probably added to us not necessarily feeling a need to be up against the up against the stage or anything like that
1: yeah i don't really remember him speaking a lot and i'm someone who will always take pictures and videos of anything for the memories like i hoard pictures and videos. I just, I love, you know, taking a trip down memory lane. I love just seeing what we've, I've been up to. And I think this is how I know that the Tudor show is one of my absolute, absolute favorite shows because I have like two videos. Whereas like my folder of not a horn concert videos is in the hundreds. I have like three or four videos of picture this. And regrettably, my thought process was, I'm gonna enjoy myself. This is too fun for me to stand still and record a video to watch later. Someone else is gonna record it for me. They're gonna post it. It's fine. Like, I'm just gonna have some fun right now. Tell me why there are no pictures and no videos. Zero. 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 I cannot find a video Zero. and I kind of regret not recording it because I, it, this is a show that I want to look back on. But I just had so much fun just being in the moment. Like, I can't feel too bad about it. it Really is probably my favorite concert I've been to.
0: Yeah, it does look like that there aren't any pictures or videos though, because in preparation for this episode, we searched. We really did oh, search yeah. like YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, nothing could not find. Not one picture, not one video.
1: So if you've got pictures or videos, please
0: email <laughs> them to us at farawaypod
1: at gmail.com. Would I would love be to see
0: them. so grateful. I also do, before we, we wrap up and, you know, finish talking about uh, picture this for that concert that night. I also do want to give a shout out to I believe it was their the tour manager. manager, uh Sarah. Oh she's so incredible. I wanna I don't think pictureless will listen to this episode, but if they do
1: Your manager is
0: so kind. I hope she's being valued for the work that she mm-hmm. does because she's absolutely amazing. We were we were waiting afterwards to just meet them, get a picture, say hi, and we weren't making a big deal or anything. We weren't fussing. But we were just kind of waiting, seeing if they'd come out or not. And she was just so attentive and, you know, really went out of her way to try to get the guys out and help us meet them and just get a quick picture. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just so nice to
1: us about it, too. It wasn't like, fine, like, stand here, I'll go get them kind of thing. She yeah. was just so... It just felt so genuine. And like, normally when we do things like that, I always feel like such a burden. Because the show is over, they're off the clock technically. Like Yeah. Like, I understand it. I feel like such a burden every time. But she was just so genuine about it and like appreciative. And it made me feel a little bit better about like, hanging around outside the venue after the show is over.
0: Yeah. And I think all in all, it really was only like 30 minutes. So it's not like we were waiting this long time. But I just think the fact that she went out of her way... Because we were waiting there to see if they would or wouldn't. And if they wouldn't, we would have left, right? And she just saw us waiting and really took the initiative to, like, I'm going to make sure that they come out so they can say hi to you guys. Yeah. And it's just you don't see that type of, like, level care or attention from other type of managers. And it's just such a nice touch.
1: She really just made that experience so much better. The night was already so great. Like, this concert was incredible we love the troubadour like it was just already such a great experience and then usually when you are out especially in la where like after oh. the show everyone wants to go to an after party usually in la like after the show everyone's kind of snappy but it just is what the, it is. yeah it is what it is but just the fact that she was just so nice about
0: it yeah it was like very much like not a problem let me go get them right now like, like wait right, right here. Here. yeah Sarah, if you ever listen to this, we love you. You rock. We think of you. All the time. All the time. <laughs> and I wish there were more people like you in the industry to welcome young girls and, you know, welcome all types of fans. Exactly. Into the scene. Thanks, Sarah.
1: But yeah, what a nice night. Just what a nice experience.
0: That was a great show and I think just intensified the the love and the appreciation that we have For Picture This, not only as a band, but just their music overall. So we're really excited for this new era, but that's pretty much it for our episode today about Picture This. Thanks for listening to episode five of Fireway Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any pictures or videos, Uh, Picture This at the Troube Door uh, in May of 2019. We beg you, please, please please share with us uh, by sending them to fireawaypod at gmail.com. Also, if you've never listened to Picture This before, we highly encourage that you listen to them if you cannot tell how much we loved them after this one hour. And if you have listened
1: to them before, please let us know your favorite song, your favorite album. I could sit here and talk about Picture This all day, and I would absolutely love to keep talking about how incredible they are i think they're really one of the artists that truly deserve to i guess make it big um you can always connect with us on our instagram or our twitter at fireway pod or as grizel said you can always just email us at firewaypod at gmail.com but that's all for today guys thank you for listening bye, bye.
0: For today's episode was Tape Star by Shane Ivers. You can find their music at silvermansound.com. If you'd like to connect with us, our email and our social handles will be in the show notes as well.